Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Shamelessly Unapologetic with me, your host, Alana Pinsky. So this is a very exciting episode, and I am very excited to be sitting down and recording it because I think this is definitely a topic that people are always so curious about, and I decided that I actually didn't want to make a YouTube video about this. I just wanted to talk about this on my podcast, just be open and raw with you guys, only because I just simply didn't have the energy to make a YouTube video. I knew it was going to be very hard to really document a lot of my journey, and I knew it just going through recovery of what I experienced, I just didn't want to make a video. Long story short. So, yes, you read the title. It says, Unapologetically Getting Plastic Surgery. So you're probably wondering, Alana, did you get plastic surgery? What did you get? How much did it cost? We're going to talk all about that in today's episode. So I know you have questions, and I am probably going to answer those questions. So to be fully transparent, I did indeed get submental liposuction, aka chin lipo. So you're probably wondering my motivations behind this surgery and why I wanted to get it. And I know you're going to have questions about the cost, where I got it, da 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 da, recovery, all of that. So, with that being said, I do want to just start off by saying that this is a decision that I solely made for myself. And I'm here to tell you that, like, plastic surgery is not going to be the answer to solve your problems. Sometimes plastic surgery can be a good solution for those who are dealing with certain insecurities they may have about themselves, which is one of the motivations as to why I got it. Some people may get plastic surgery because it's medically advised that they get it. Some people get plastic surgery because maybe they have been going through a weight loss journey and they've been dieting they've been exercising and they still can't get rid of certain forms of subcutaneous fat so that is going to be one of the harder forms of body fat that is going to be trickier when it comes to diet and exercise visceral fat is going to be easier to get rid of when it comes to weight loss but subcutaneous fat is like that level of fat that's underneath your skin and some of that is due to genetics and aging and not necessarily due to diet and exercise it can definitely be contributed from that but it is going to be the more stubborn fat and that is the kind of fat that typically gets removed from any form of weight loss surgery or liposuction. Visceral fat is something that doesn't really get eliminated because it's more inside, like within your internal organs. So for me, I have always been very insecure of my double chin. I have always had it ever since I could have remembered. And I definitely want to say it became more noticeable for me when I got into my mid to late 20s. And I think that had to do with aging just coming into effect and making it far more noticeable than when I was younger. And I truly do believe genetics 
played a big role within my double chin. I was never a fat kid growing up. I was never overweight. I was never unhealthy. But I definitely like wasn't skinny. I definitely had an average body, but I did know that I was curvier compared to my sister. And my sister is definitely more heavier on the paternal side of our family in terms of genetics. And I am falling more heavier on the maternal side of genetics in my family. It's always just something that I've struggled with. I've even had people make fun of my double chin, especially on social media. And fuck those people. Because a double chin isn't always something that I can control. And even when I would lose weight, it was still there. And I'm going to talk more about me losing weight and why diet and exercise isn't always going to be enough to fully get rid of a double chin and to get more definition in my face, which is something that I've always wanted. And I really just wanted to find a way to beat out some of the shitty genetics that I got from my mom's side of the family. And there are certain things about your genetics that you simply can't change. And for me, it is just the way that I carry fat and that I will always have just a little bit more subcutaneous fat on me that honestly can't completely go away without weight loss. And the second that I were to increase my calories, that is going to become more noticeable. And of course, with visceral fat getting more expansive as I'm gaining weight, that can contribute to it. But for the most part, I truly do struggle with a lot of extra subcutaneous fat on my body. I specifically get most of it within my face and with my lower abdomen or fupa area, as we, us ladies like to call it. So for me, I always knew that I wanted to get some sort of surgery done for it. But obviously, as y'all know, plastic surgery is very expensive. Liposuction is very expensive. It's definitely no chunk of change. And so I knew that I obviously had to wait. I needed to wait till more of my debt was paid off, which I'm slowly working on. And I did want to save a little bit of money towards this procedure. It wasn't enough to cover the whole cost, but I am on a payment plan and I will talk more about that. So those who are thinking about getting liposuction or any form of plastic surgery, just know that you have options and you don't have to throw all that money up front at once because I know that can be a lot of money. So for me, I just knew it was time. 2022 was going to be the year that I would be double chin free. And I was actually supposed to get this surgery back in December But unfortunately, I got COVID a few days before my scheduled surgery. And when I went in for my pre-op appointment where they had to do a COVID test, that is how I found out I had COVID. And I just thought that I had a cold. And of course, I was really worried that having a cold would maybe trigger a positive COVID test. But apparently, that's not always the case. But sadly, it did trigger a positive COVID test. And They couldn't finish the appointment and they basically sent me home and they had to reschedule my appointment and I was really disappointed. I had looked forward to that surgery since October 
So I wasn't waiting too long, but I just knew that I was waiting and waiting and waiting forever, for years to just get rid of my double chin. And when I was so close to that procedure happening, it was just sort of taken away from me. But now, my rescheduled date has happened. I went through the process. I have finally gone under the knife and I am currently in recovering. And so it is so nice that the procedure is finally done and all I just need to do is just sit back and wait and recover and the results will come. Getting this surgery did feel necessary for me because diet and exercise just isn't really the case for me. Even when I was competing in bikini competitions, I still had a double chin. Now, was the appearance of my chin reduced and did it look better? Yes, absolutely. But I knew the second that I was going to be reverse dieting and increasing my calories slowly, my face would fill right back up because those fat cells were still there. And it's not to say that my fat cells were expanding in unhealthy ways because they weren't, but it's just natural for the body to do that. And my body fat was already so low at the time. So the last time I stepped on stage was September of 2020. And I was 102 pounds and I am 5'1", just so everyone can get an idea of how tall I am. And for me, my body prefers to be within the range of 120 to 132, maybe 134 pounds. That's technically like a healthy weight for my height and my age right now. Um, so maintaining a weight of like 100 to 102 pounds is not going to be a sustainable weight for me. There's no way that I can look like that all year round. If I wanted to be 102 pounds and maintain that, I would have to be eating a dangerously low amount of calories every single day and doing tons of cardio. We're talking about 90 minutes of cardio every single day. That's just not realistic. That's exhausting. And it's just not ideal. Like who wants to live their life like that? And obviously those were decisions that I made when it came to stepping on stage, but I knew like that's not how I'm planning to live my life all year round. This was just for a short-term weight loss show competition that I worked hard for. And yes, it required a lot of work. For me, I would have to be at a very low body fat in order for any definition on my face and the look of my double chin to be non-existent. But those fat cells would still always be there, especially if I did want to gain weight, even in a healthy way. Even if I wanted to gain 10 pounds back, you bet your ass my face would fill in. And if you were to look on my side profile, basically you would see that like my neck goes far up to my chin and connects and you don't really see like any definition of my jawline. And so that made me very insecure. Side profiles have never been my strong suit. I've looked really old. If you see a side profile of me, it just makes me appear heavier. And it just honestly just made me feel really insecure. I didn't feel like I had a very feminine facial structure. And it just wasn't ideal for me. It truly made me very insecure. And I'm just glad that 
I finally was able to take this step in my life and finally bite the bullet and get liposuction. For me right now, I've also been struggling with a lot of mental health and I did gain weight um, within late 2021 due to my anxiety meds and having a really bad relationship with food, which caused more unnecessary weight gain for me. Reverse dieting has been very hard for me. The first few months I was doing really well. I was sticking to my diet and my macros. I was going to the gym. I was checking with my coach. And then I want to say maybe within February 2021 is when shit really started to hit the fan for me. I had moved to Portland and I just wanted a little bit more flexibility and freedom, but I still wasn't doing too bad. It wasn't until the summer where I simply just plummeted and was just off track and couldn't keep the weight off and it was hard. So some of this was on me, but I've also always had a really bad relationship with food. But that's not what we're here to talk about. But I do want to say like genetics can play a role into your fat levels. And for me, like I said earlier, my genetics are trash. Sorry, mom, love you and all. But like you gave me really bad genetics. You gave me fat genes that I have to live with that I basically have to work my ass off to basically reduce the look of unless if I want to pay thousands of dollars to constantly get plastic surgery so those fat cells are removed and that my body is more sculpted and contoured to a frame that's desirable for me. But you can't change your genes. And It doesn't feel fair. It's definitely frustrating when um, your siblings have the skinny and taller genes from my dad's side of the family. So my dad's side of the family has taller genetics. My mom's side of the family has short and fat genetics. And I got both of that. So I am shorter than my brother and my sister. My sister, I believe she's like 5'6", 5'7". My brother is 5'10", 5'11", around there. My dad is 5'10", I believe. He used to be taller, but I guess as he got older, he shrank a little bit. And my mom is 5'1". My aunt is like 5'1", 5'2". My grandmother on my mom's side was like 5'1", 5'2". Very just short. Just short, short, short. And it definitely is frustrating when all of your cousins are taller than you and just everyone is taller than you. Everyone is just skinnier than you because they just had better genetics than you. And I felt like those genetics really played a lot of big insecurities onto my weight, my relationship with food, and just overall, just playing into a lot of insecurities. I have to wear bigger sizes in terms of clothing compared to my sister and my cousin. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, it's my body. Like, my body is just curvy, and I've accepted that, like, I'm curvy and I'm petite. And that I have a bit of a mid-sized frame and I've been more accepting of my body and maybe having a little bit more stomach fat. But my chin has always made me feel some kind of way. And my weight has just never distributed properly because of my short figure. And I hate everything about that. The way that my chin just always made me feel some kind of negative way. And when I saw that there were procedures out there to help 
remedy this situation. Like I know there's Kybella and cool sculpting out there, but I looked more into it and I've heard some horror stories with Kybella and I've heard that cool sculpting is kind of a waste of money. And for anyone who's gotten cool sculpting and they've seen results, that's great. I mean, obviously, like, everything that I'm saying is definitely antidotal. If it's worked for you, that's amazing. I just didn't want to put my trust into Kybella in cool sculpting. So I was definitely looking into those two options originally because I saw that they obviously were the cheaper options. They would be under $1,000 in terms of the procedure. Very little downtime, barely any recovery time. It would be like an easy said than done thing could immediately go back to work. But a lot of those procedures require multiple sessions. And it's like it can be like five to six hundred dollars per session. And I was looking at prices and I'm just thinking, well, I would rather do something in one sitting and pay maybe a little bit more money or pay something that again, still gets it done in one sitting and is cheaper and things don't add up. So when I found out that chin liposuction actually was a real thing, and yes, it, it's funny. I truly didn't think that chin liposuction was actually a real thing, but it is. I mean, I got it. And so I was trying to see, like, what were some good options for me to get that procedure done? And funny enough, when I was watching some YouTube videos, I got an ad for a company called Sonabello. And it is a chain liposuction company. They have a couple locations around the country. And they have one here in Portland. And it definitely caught my attention. And they said it can remove stubborn body fat in one day. So I went to their website and I saw, okay, like this is actually plastic surgery. It's liposuction. It's not some gimmicky procedure where it claims that you can eliminate all this body fat in one sitting. Like it was actually a real plastic surgery medical center that could take care of the problems that I was facing. And they treat all sorts of different areas. And I said, okay, this looks like a really good option. I am going to put in a, a request for a consultation and get that scheduled. So they called me back maybe the next day and I made an appointment for a few days later and I went in to the consultation with an open mind. I knew that it would probably be several thousands of dollars so I just wanted to be prepared but I definitely had a really great experience. I think the one downside with Sonobello is that you don't get to talk to a doctor when you are doing your consultation. You're basically talking to like a care associate, which is really just like a salesperson. And so they're the ones who will kind of say like, this is kind of what you could expect in terms of the procedure and how much fat you could lose. But once you talk to a doctor or the surgeon, then you'll get an even better idea of what that looks like but they definitely go over the cost they go over scheduling with you they go over some benefits to getting the liposuction blah 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 all of that stuff so I said you know what this sounds good I'm not in a rush like I'm looking for a December or January surgery date 
is that possible? And they said, yeah, I mean, we actually are pretty booked up until then. So December is actually looking really good. So that was when I had initially scheduled it for December. And then I obviously got COVID and then had to wait 45 days. That's just their policy. You have to wait 45 days from your initial schedule date to get to get rescheduled which was super frustrating and annoying because obviously like I was so anxious and I was pissed that I was going to be stuck with a double chin for another 45 days but you know I waited patiently and the surgery is done and I'm in recovery so let's talk about the main thing that everybody is wanting to know Alana how much did this cost you Let's be real. This is expensive. I actually have my papers here and I actually have the quote in front of me. So I will kind of go over all of the prices that I was um, charged. So my procedure for chin and jowls cost $1,745. But they did have a promo going on that month so it would take off $250 off of my service so that was nice but they also had an in-house COVID test fee that I had to pay and that was pretty hefty that was really hefty so that was $90 and then I had to pay $495 for the pre-operative appointment and I'll explain more about what happens in that appointment in just a second. But let me just still finish the cost. And then I was given a recovery kit, which was really expensive. That, so that was $349. And then the surgical fee was $1,995. So a total of how much the surgery was going to be was $4,674. However, with the special and then me putting down a $200 deposit, my new balance became $4,224. And I said, I'm willing to put another $200 deposit during my next paycheck. I really wanted to put down um, a $400 deposit. I just didn't have that much money in my bank account at the time, which I probably should have. But you know me, I'm very impulsive and I was just super eager to just get scheduled. So I basically put down like $424 for my deposit. So really I had $4,000 left. And so with the remaining $4,000, I signed up with a payment plan and I definitely believe in payment plans, especially if you don't have a lot of debt. This can be a really great option for you to afford a surgery like this. So not everyone has the privilege. Like some people can't afford to make like a $140 payment. I think I would be paying $142 for the next 18 months at a 15% interest rate is what it looks like. But for me, that's actually very manageable and something that I am able to afford. And there probably will even be parts where I will be able to pay more than just the minimum payment. That's actually my goal is to pay more than the minimum payment. So basically, I have a little less than $4,000 to pay off because I've already made one payment already. Plus the deposit fee covered some of the procedure fees already. 
So yeah, that gives you an idea of how much I paid. And keep in mind, what thing that's interesting about using Sono Bello is that your price will be different because it's based off your BMI levels. So for me, I was charged at a BMI of like the 27 range. That's currently my BMI right now. So according to that, I'm technically overweight. But we all know the BMI scale is bullshit. So my price could have been cheaper if I was skinnier or had a lower BMI. But just keep that in mind that that price point, depending on what area you want, will vary. So that's just for Sonobello only. I don't know how it works for other surgery centers. That's how they do it. And the surgical fee, I think that is standard across the board. I could be wrong, but it looked pretty standard. So that's what I'm going with. And if someone who is listening who has gotten a procedure done by Sonobello and your surgery fee was more or less than the $19.95 that I mentioned, feel free to let me know, email me. I'd be curious to like compare and contrast prices because it could also vary by area, but that's what I got done in Portland, Oregon. So the name of my doctor was Dr. Richard Benson, and he was my plastic surgeon who took care of me, and I really enjoyed talking to him. People in the office kept raving about how good he is in that chin lipo is like a big specialty for him and they had shown me some of his work and the befores and afters and they looked incredible so that is the doctor that I went to and yeah I mean he got a MD at University of Michigan he did his residency at Columbia Presbyterian Medical Center and I mean, yeah, he's got, he's gone to some really reputable schools and he's a fully licensed plastic surgeon in Oregon. So I don't know what you want me to tell you, but that's who I went to. And I definitely recommend Sonobella. Some people don't like Sonobella. I personally had a really good experience with them. I mean, they were fully transparent about everything that was going to be done for the procedure when it came to the quote they broke it down for me which was really nice they were able to work with me to get me on a payment plan they were really good about scheduling me so yeah it was a really overall positive experience that I had working with them so Let's kind of talk a little bit about the pre-op appointment. So basically what happens during that, I think I was there for maybe like an hour and a half. So I would get a COVID test and then they would take before pictures so they could get an idea of what your face looked like. And then you would finally meet the surgeon who was going to perform surgery on you. So I got to meet Dr. Ben Simmons. And he was really nice. I think he was really tired when I met him because he wasn't in the room with me for that long. He basically said, do you have any questions? He took a look at my chin. He pinched my chin and pulled it down and said, okay, this is going to be great because you have really good skin elasticity and that is very ideal for this surgery. You're going to be very happy and the results are going to be very successful. 
So that made me very excited. Like I got very hyped up hearing that like my skin type was going to be very ideal for this kind of procedure. It definitely put me at ease knowing that like this was going to be a great path for me. So that's basically what happened. I think if I remember they gave me some medicine to go home with oh they wrote they wrote up three different kinds of prescriptions for me that I would have to take to the pharmacy and they basically went over the use of all of the medications they kind of gave me a little bit of information on what I can expect the day of the surgery they told me that I would be getting a chin garment for my face post-surgery and that I'd have to wear that for a few days. I also had to give them my driver and caregiver information. So one of my friends was my driver and caregiver. So basically she took off a few hours of her afternoon to come to the office to come get me and pick me up since I'm not allowed to drive myself home obviously. And I can't take an Uber because I can't rely on an Uber driver to release me and sign a release form for that. So that's why they have somebody who is like a trusted caregiver who will be able to sign you out. And that way they can talk to the nurse to go over the procedures in terms of post recovery and what they need to do within a 24 hour period. So my friend was able to come get me and she stayed with me for the 24 hour period that she was supposed to she was there to kind of help me walk she was there to get some food for me and just basically keep me company in case anything were to happen because the thing is when you go under any kind of procedure that uses anesthesia whether it's local or general you should not be alone for the first 24 hours there should be somebody with you in case something were to happen so that is why I had somebody with me and so thankfully I had a friend who was able to be there for me during that time so I'm so grateful for her and how she was able to help me out and just keep me company while I was recovering so God bless her so yeah that's basically what happened with the pre-op appointment it wasn't anything too serious so then the day of the surgery arrives so I check in they contact my driver or my friend and basically wanted to go over the procedure one more time and when they can expect to give her a call so she knows she's ready to come over and get me so I basically was waiting a really long time I was there for quite a few hours so I was told to arrive at 10 30 but my scheduled surgery wasn't until noon and in the morning while I'm just getting ready for the day I got a call from the office basically saying that my doctor was running two hours behind and it almost gave me a heart attack because I almost thought that like the doctor had to reschedule or cancel on me and I was about to like go into full-on rage because I'm like oh hell no you did not make me wait more months now you're gonna make me wait more time thankfully that wasn't the case they just gave me the heads up that my surgery would just be two hours later so then I had to tell my friend that my surgery was getting pushed back a few hours but not to worry like you're still fine it's in the time block that you took off so you're good so I got in around 11 30 and so I ended up pushing back my arrival time since I found out my surgery was getting pushed back 
So once I got checked in and they had contacted my friend to go over all those procedure things, I was then taken to the back and basically they made me dress down and get in like the gown and the cap and you know all that surgery attire you know how it is if you've gotten surgery like that before they took some more pictures of me the doctor went and marked my face with a marker basically on where they were going to like pinpoint areas to target in terms of the incisions and then there was a period of waiting I think I was waiting for around like an hour just chilling on my phone because I couldn't take any kind of medication until it was like 45 minutes close to the procedure. So while I was waiting, I was also required to do a urine test. I had to pee in the cup. And so I got that done and everything checked out there. I'm trying to think what else happened during that day. I mean, basically questions of mine were just being asked So once I was done waiting around on my phone, like obviously like I just played around on my phone and watched TikTok videos while I was waiting because I was bored. Then I was medicated. So I was given two pills of Percocet. I was given uh, Xanax for anxiety reduction. I didn't really have that much anxiety going in, but I guess it's just required. They also gave me a nausea medication and then They gave me some other kind of pill, which I don't remember what it was, but it did not taste good when I had to swallow it down with water. That was not very pleasant. And so the doctor kept saying, like, you're going to feel drunk or tipsy from this. But to be honest, like, I felt fine. Like, I didn't really feel drowsy. But, you know, I was going to just trust and be like, okay, you know, I'll just wait for it to kick in. Maybe the medications just haven't kicked in, but... She got me set down. Basically, she cleansed my face with some special soap to sterilize the area. And that tightened up my face because it was really drying. And then she had me lay down on the table bed area once I was brought to the OR room. And that's where the surgery was performed. And so then the incisions were made for the anesthesia so I was basically given like some sort of like numbing injection which I guess was my form of local anesthesia and it made me puff up like a chipmunk definitely got very swollen from that and then I fell asleep and I don't know if that was because of the medication but I knew that I just wanted to close my eyes during this procedure to begin with I knew it would just be easier and I think it only took about maybe 15 to 20 minutes I really don't remember much of what happened. I could feel the, I guess, the suction tool going through my cheek. Like I could feel the hard tool moving through, but I couldn't feel like any pain. All I could feel was just like the movement. It definitely felt weird. It was a little uncomfortable, but it wasn't painful. So then I was told that the procedure was done. They made me sit up for a little bit. And I could see like in the blender cup, which is where they collected all of the fat. It didn't look like a lot. So it was probably maybe around, I don't know, maybe like 150 milligrams of fluid that was removed. I'm honestly just estimating here. I truly don't know, but it really wasn't a lot. And it looked like it was like in a blender container type thing. So I got to see how much was removed. I don't have a picture of it or anything so 
yeah um, I don't think I was allowed to take a picture of that <laughs> they cut me into a wheelchair and they rolled me out of the release area and I just basically just had to wait for my friend to get there and yeah I mean overall like I was very swollen I was given a compression garment for my chin and I was told that I had to basically wear it for three days after my procedure so I want to say like 72 hours and then after those days passed then I could only wear it at night for 12 hours so basically wearing it at bedtime so I actually have to put it on soon I tried wearing it a little bit this morning but I took it off because I felt like it was starting to kind of choke me and I just was over it at that point and basically yeah I am honestly gonna try not wearing it during the day and just listen to the doctor and just wear it at night so my face can I guess breathe but the recovery oof so let's talk about that so I was very swollen once I got out of surgery. My lips were all sorts of fucked up looking. Talking was really hard. I didn't feel incoherent. My speech was just slurred because my cheeks and my face was so numb and swollen. Formulating words was really difficult. Like It was really hard to talk. It was kind of hard to eat. I did have some macaroni and cheese that night. And so that was not too challenging for me to eat. And it did taste really good. I remember I was starving that day because you're not allowed to eat before surgery, especially if you're getting anesthesia. So I was starving. I was so hungry. That's basically what that night looked like. And I went to bed really early. I think I went to bed around 930 and I just passed out. The next morning, my lips kind of restored back to normal. Like they weren't really swollen but I was still very swollen in terms of my cheek area. I took off my garment for a little bit just to see what my face looked like. And it was very, very swollen. My neck was so bruised. And I have this hard lump underneath my chin right now. And I still have it. It's very firm. It's very uncomfortable. And I think I'm going to be stuck with that for a little bit, which sucks because... It definitely looks like it made my face worse. Like the procedure made my face worse, but that's not the case. That's perfectly normal. I think it's just like a lymphotic thing. And I think it's tied to fibrosis. If I read the procedure paper or the recovery papers correctly, I actually have a follow-up appointment this week to go back so they can check in on me. And I don't know what that procedure will entail, but I will let them know that I am experiencing the discomfort underneath my chin with this hard firm lump that's very stiff and just kind of painful it definitely does not feel good I think my cheeks are now starting to regain feeling which is nice but I still don't look my best I'm still kind of swollen and the bruising is starting to reduce which is really great so that is something that's very ideal. I mean, the medications and the bruising creams that they gave me to minimize the bruising have definitely been working. I mean, they sent me home with some painkillers. I've been taking Percocet. They sent me home with some nausea medicine, which I've basically already taken all the pills because there were some parts where I experienced some nausea, but I never threw up. So the pills definitely did its job well. And I was given three pills of some antibiotic one that I had to take 
the night before the surgery, the morning of the surgery, and then 12 hours after the surgery. So I've been taking my medications. I'm still taking the Percocet. I still have a few pills left, and I've only been taking them when I've been experiencing pain. So maybe I'm only just taking two pills a day, and that's it. I definitely have not been taking it like three times a day during the first two days. I would say the first two days is when I experienced the most discomfort. Like the pain was definitely not unbearable. It actually was not that bad. It just doesn't feel good. It, it's just, it's very discomforting because when you're swollen, things are hard, you're very stiff, you're bruised. It doesn't feel great, but it doesn't feel horrible. So I'm glad that the pain was actually not that bad. So I was able to perfectly talk the next day, even with the chin garment, but definitely looking very puffy. I was able to walk around again because the first day I was not able to walk around. Like I just needed to lay down. And I was also told that I had to walk around like every 10 minutes, every two hours. So obviously I had to do that to prevent blood clotting and my friend would make sure that I would walk around and move. So she helps me out with that. Now, I want to say I'm a few days post-surgery. Um, a lot of the bruising has definitely gone down. I still look like a chipmunk. My neck is still very stiff. I really wish I had better after photos to show you on my Instagram. But I still have that lump underneath my neck. So it will take about three months for the full results to show so that's what I was told so clearly I'm going to trust the process they said don't be discouraged by any puffiness or lumps that's normal I just wish this fucking lump underneath my chin would go away so I could move my neck a little bit more because it's really hard to kind of move my face around but I'm just going to trust the process I'm going to continue to wear my chin garment and just follow the instructions, go to my follow-up appointments, and make sure that I have a good recovery and that the results are going to be fantastic. And I am really excited to see what this looks like. I mean, you can definitely see a difference in my cheek. You can already see more definition. Obviously, like, my after pictures suck right now because not enough time has passed, but I will have them on my Instagram both my podcast Instagram and my regular Instagram, my personal Instagram, I should say. So you can see what I look like now, but obviously like stick around and do follow me on both Instagram accounts because I will post the full results once I am fully healed and recovered so people can truly see the difference in my face. I don't regret this decision one bit. I'm very happy that I got this done and I know it's a long road to recovery it's going to take some time but I believe in the process I'm listening to the doctor I'm taking care of myself I'm following the instructions and I'm making my payments and I feel good about it that's my experience with getting plastic surgery I'm very unapologetic about getting it I feel like no one should ever have any place to judge when it comes to getting plastic surgery. I don't get the obsession with shaming people who get plastic surgery or pointing out if they've gotten some sort of cosmetic procedure done because it's just nobody's business but your own. 
if you can afford it and it makes you happy and it's changing your life in a very positive light, there's no harm, no foul. Let people live. Let people do what they want. Don't ever let someone shame you or try to talk you out of getting a procedure that you want done. Even if it's something small as like getting fillers, it's still a cosmetic procedure nonetheless. And if it makes you happy and you can afford it, who the fuck cares what other people think? Because what matters is your happiness and your confidence and what's going to allow you to live your best life. Unapologetically get that plastic surgery or that cosmetic procedure. Nobody's stopping you. Fuck the people who say otherwise. It's your money. It's your time. It's your body. You get to make those choices for yourself. So I made this choice. I don't regret it. Yes, I have a long recovery to go through, but that was something that I was prepared for. I knew that was like a consequence is having some swelling and looking like a chipmunk for about a week and having some stiffness, but I will live. There are worse things in life than having a stiff chin that I can't move because it's only been less than a week since I've gotten this operation. You get what I'm saying? So it's just really nice that I did something for me. I can't wait to see what it looks like. And with that being said, I think I'm going to wrap up this episode here. I definitely hope that this answered a lot of your questions regarding liposuction, especially if you wanted to get chin liposuction. Or maybe you've just always wondered like how plastic surgery procedures work and what people experience. I appreciate you being here and just listening. With that being said, if there is an experience that you are unapologetic for, or maybe you've experienced getting plastic surgery, maybe you want to share a little bit more about it, feel free to email me at shamelesslyunapologeticpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at shamelesslyunapologetic as I'm currently in the process of giving that a much better makeover compared to season one. So Stay tuned for all the updates over there. And with that, I will see you next week with our first guest episode of the season. Bye.